Well, I invite you to pray with me together. Holy Spirit, we pray that as we um, unpack this scripture, that you would be present with us, that you would help us to understand not only its meaning, but what it says to each of us in, in our lives today. And we pray this confident that you hear us and that you are active in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I always look forward to the time when our two congregations can come together. It's always a blessing to me when we gather here at the La Mirada campus for the Easter sunrise service. And, and now this is the third time, third year we'll be joining together in worship for this last Sunday of, of the year. Uh, times like this are just joyful reminders to me uh, of the gift that God gives us in, in the larger church, which spans all ages and all races and all places. And being in this place, it's, it's always special for me. I actually preached here at Community Press La Mirada before I ever preached at La Habra. It was over 20 years ago. I came to this sanctuary a little around this time of the year and preached to this congregation and to a few members of the La Habra Hills nominating committee. So this place is special for me, but, but more than that, um, it's special because of the relationships I have, and particularly with, with Pastor Jason. I'm so grateful that, that God has caused our paths to cross and for the blessings and the enrichment and, and the encouragement that I have received from him over the years. Relationships for me are always more important than places. And so I thank God for the opportunities that our churches have had to, to join together. Of course, that's one of the challenges of this year, isn't it? Um, we aren't able to, to be with each other in, in the same way that we always have. I'm here today and, and through the wonderful gift of technology, all of us in some sense are here together, but, but we all know that it's different, and, and so I wait. I, I long for the chance to be all together in, in person again. The passage that was just read by Jason is a passage about two very fascinating individuals in the scriptures who have been waiting. They've been waiting for a lifetime, actually, waiting for, for this promised bit of good news to actually happen. Simeon and Anna have been waiting all their lives for the Messiah, and they were not young people. There's just a few verses in the scriptures that we read that are even devoted to these two, and yet here they are, right at, right at the beginning of the Gospel of Luke, immediately following the, the dramatic, well-known passages about the birth of Jesus. And so I, I have to ask myself, why in the world are they here? What, why would Luke choose to include them? What, what do they have to, to say to us? As you compare their stories, there are numerous similarities. Michael Wilcock actually calls Anna and Simeon twinned characters, like twins, because both are old, both are devoutly religious, and both are led by the Holy Spirit. Anna and Simeon are included by Luke in part as examples to us of, of what people of faith look like. In their case, both are old. Luke doesn't tell us how old Simeon is, but, but Simeon refers to himself as having waited his lifetime, and, and then now he can depart in peace. So 
so the assumption and the sense is that he's in his latter years of life. From these three verses in the Bible about Anna, we know that she had been a widow much of her life. We really know very little else about this lady of 84 years. Actually, because of some of the ambiguous wording in, in verse 37, some scholars think the 84 years may actually have been referring to the number of years she was a widow, which would have made her more like 107 years old. But, but whatever the case, whether she was 84 or 107, she was old. In our American culture, we tend to worship youth. Old is not something that, that we want to be. In fact, we, we sort of fight that idea that we're growing older and, and do we, all that we can to push it off into the future. I remember hearing stories in my own youth, my own family folklore about my great aunt who, who was tell her own children that she was much younger than she actually was. She would tell them it was her 35th birthday and it was her 45th birthday. And that, that actually worked pretty well for her until one day my grandmother, who actually was her twin sister, was visiting. And, and in the course of the conversation, she shared what her, her age was, her real age. And of course, that caused a lot of confusion and consternation among my great aunt's children, who then asked their mother, Mom, how could you and Aunt Mary be twins but be different ages? Growing older is, is not something our culture reveres or, or longs for. But Anna and Simeon had lived full lives. They had demonstrated that their faith was, was not just some passing fad, but, but was intertwined with who, who they were. In fact, it was a part of, of the very fabric of their lives. Such faithfulness is not demonstrated in, in short periods of time. It's, it's demonstrated over the long haul over lifetimes of, of those who have weathered the storms of life, who've come through, through all the ups and, and the downs, and who've learned what it means to live, to live through the challenges of life, and who have demonstrated what patience and, and perseverance and, and waiting really are. For me, one of the gifts of being a part of the body of Christ is being able to rub elbows with people of all kinds of ages, with those who have lived life, with, with those who have found a way to, to bob and weave through, through all of the changes of life and who still have a sense of joy and, and stability that comes from, from something that's deep within them, that comes from years of living life in relationship with Jesus. Age is not a negative. In fact, I guess the older I get, the more I, I get behind that statement. But, but, but having said that, I'm not saying that what the scriptures tell us is that just because you're old, that makes you always right or, or always faithful. In fact, it's clear from this passage that Simeon and Anna were not examples of faith just because they were old. The words I believe tell us most about Anna is, is what Luke writes in the last half of verse 37 when he says, she never left the temple, but worshiped there with fasting and prayer night and day. Scholars debate about whether this means that Anna was one of the special order of widows with religious duties in the temple, but, but in any case, it's clear that Anna is devoted in her prayer life and in her practice of the spiritual disciplines. Simeon, he's, he's also a man of devotion, described as righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel. He was a man who lived his faith, and, and he did it with this forward-looking attitude trusting his life to, to the promises of God. Anna fits the same kind of mold. Her faithfulness is not some stiff, 
rigid belief that, that only looked to the past. She is said to have spoken about Jesus to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. Anna and Simeon, these are two of the old faithfuls in the history of God's people. Those who had lived for years in, in faithful obedience, but who also had an attitude of anticipation that, that God was a God of the future and was in the business of, of bringing about grand promises and, and huge transformations and changes. Now, there's a lot to be said for the old faithfuls of our world. I, I've had the privilege of knowing countless Simeons and Annas in my work with churches. For my family, one, one of those saints was, was Charlie. Charlie was this one-of-a-kind gentleman, 99 years young. He, he was an old faithful around the, the First Presbyterian Church of Blackwell, Oklahoma. He, he, like Anna and Simeon, was a person of faith whose, whose life centered around God and the church. And, and, and he didn't just talk about his faith. In fact, he was a quite reserved person and a man of few words, but, but he lived out his faith, and particularly through his faithful presence among God's people. Charlie died just a, just a couple months shy of reaching 100 years old. If he had made it back then to the year 2000, he would have lived in, in three different centuries. He would have joined our church at midnight at the New Year's Eve watch night service that ushered in the year 2000. He would have been there because Charlie, Charlie was at all those events of the church. He, after he died, his niece actually brought a box down to the church with, with various mementos from the church in it. And among them was, was this Christmas ornament. It was this homemade one that some of our preschool, Sunday school classes had made and, and had given to various people in the church. I wondered, why, why would he save such a crude little ornament? But I would wager it was because he loved the children of the church. And because he was faithful in his presence in his church, the children knew that he loved them. And, and so they loved him too, which is why the week after Charlie died, one, one of the children of the church put a piece of paper where Charlie always used to sit in, in the pew that he was usually in, and, and it simply said, we miss you, Charlie. There are Charlies in, in every congregation, Annas and Simeons, whose, whose faithfulness and devotion have blessed congregations in, in immeasurable ways. And maybe one of those people comes to your mind as we gather today. Simeon and Anna probably never knew what their words meant to Mary and Joseph. They surely would never have dreamed that they would have been figures in the pages of Holy Scripture. And so I hope that the stories of Anna and Simeon and, and your experiences with other little-known saints of the church will encourage you, inspire you to remember the difference that your faithfulness can make to those that God brings into the course of your life. Old, devoted to God. And finally, Luke tells us one more thing, that these two saints were spirit-led. Simeon was clearly a man to whom God had spoken and who listened. At this time in biblical history, the Holy Spirit was not generally described as, as leading people in the individual manner that it does following Pentecost. But it's very clear that in this case, in Simeon's case, he was led by the Spirit and he listened. He believed the Spirit when he was told he would not die until he saw the Messiah, and he listened to the Spirit as it guided him to come into the temple when Joseph and Mary 
brought Jesus there. Simeon and Anna were, were more than just old, experienced religious people. They were open to the Spirit leading them. They were open to a future brought about by God. And, and Simeon prophesies about his future when he speaks of the Messiah, that the Messiah would be a light to the Gentiles, the salvation of all people, Jew and Gentile. Because this God whom Simeon had served was a big God, and he had big plans for all people. And Simeon, Simeon was open to the Spirit, to this kind of God whose plans were, were far bigger than his own. We don't know a whole lot about either Simeon or Anna, but what we do know reveals a bit about what it means to be people of faith. They were old, they were devoted to God, and they were open to the leading of the Spirit, and both of them were faithful in the midst of long, long years of waiting. These were two common people whose lives revolved around their church and who engaged for many years in the day-to-day -day activities of faith as they waited for God to fulfill his promise. Anna worshiped and fasted and prayed each day. And few people in Jerusalem probably knew her name. And yet here she is in the story told by Luke, a, a woman of faith who because of her day-to-day -day faithfulness, along with her openness to God's spirit, is able to recognize this one. This one whom, whom many other religious leaders of her day failed to recognize, who, whom many supposedly wise sages of the ages have failed to recognize. Jesus. So what do these figures of faith say to those of us today? Those of us who've been battered from a 2020, which has been like no other that most of us have experienced, and, and on the precipice of a year that holds all kinds of uncertainty still? As believers who listened and obeyed and served their Lord Anna and Simeon were examples of faithfulness, so, so we too can practice the same spiritual disciplines in the face of the uncertainty around us. We, we can continue to serve and, and to love and to reach out to a hurting world. We can be open to recognizing and joining in the work of the Holy Spirit in, in doing whatever he's doing in, in even strange and unexpected ways. But there's another reason why I think that Anna and Simeon are in Luke's gospel and, and why the Spirit wants to speak to us through them. And perhaps it's, it's the most important one because their real purpose was not to point to themselves. Their joy and focus was to bear witness to the one, to the one who had come, the one who brings hope and peace and future to this world. Michael Card writes this about Simeon's joy when he holds Jesus in his arms. He says, most of us describe our coming to faith by saying, I've asked Jesus into my life. We should really say he has invited us into his life. That was the reason for Simeon's song. Because deep inside his tired old heart, he knew that the infant that he held in his arms was in truth the one, the one who had been holding him all his life long. As I remember these old faithfuls, I'm grateful filled with hope in, in spite of, of our present circumstances. And the reason I have great hope, great hope for the future, is, is what we have been celebrating over, over these past few weeks, the birth of Jesus Christ. Simeon and Anna marveled over the same baby about which we sing throughout this season. And they were able to rest in peace 
because they knew that this birth was, was just the beginning of the story. Christmas is just the beginning of, of this incredible story that ends in, in the salvation of the world. And we can be people of faith who, because we also know that for loved ones who have been faithful, for each of us who are God's children, our life here is also just the beginning just the beginning of the story that will end in, in life eternal, in the new heaven and the new earth that will come when Jesus returns. I do pray that all of us will be people of faith as we enter this year of 2021. There will be many opportunities for us to practice that faith. And may we, like Anna and Simeon, be faithful in the day-to-day, -day, the week-to-week -week tasks of worship, of, of prayer, of giving sacrificially to God, of our resources, of serving God, no matter what, no matter what format we might have to adapt to, no matter how not normal things may seem, no matter how many more changes we may have to make, may we never cease, may we never cease by our actions or by our words to stop pointing our hurting world to Jesus Christ who indeed is the Lord, the Savior of the world, who has come and who will come again. Please pray with me. Gracious God, thank you for your word. Thank you for those faithfuls, old faithfuls in the scriptures who we read about and, and those old faithfuls in our own lives who have gone before us. Help us, Lord, to be people who express our gratitude to those who have gone before us and to keep alive the stories of those from whom we've learned and who are no longer with us. And help us, Lord, to be old faithfuls ourselves, people who are present in varying circumstances that we face, who don't give up, who are listening to the Spirit, who are open to what God is doing in this world and who are constantly pointing others to the source of hope we have in Jesus. Lord, help us to leave behind this past year and to move into 2021 with hope and with endurance, with lessons learned from the challenges of this past year and with a sure confidence that you are with us. We pray these things in Jesus' name.